Welcome to Level 7, a podcast about Marvel's Agents of S.H.I.E.L.D. and the Marvel Cinematic Universe. It's a magical place. Episode 234, Runaways, Season 1, Episode 8, Tsunami. Hello and welcome to Welcome to Level 7. I'm Ben, Ben Avery, and here I am ready to talk about some runaways. And this episode actually even has uh, some running away, I think, but... Uh, to talk about yep. whether or not there's actually running away that happens in this episode. I am not alone. I am here with my friend, your friend, everybody's friend, Evan. Evan, how you doing, man? Hello. I'm doing pretty good, Ben. How are you? I'm doing I'm doing okay. I'm doing okay. Uh, we got a white Christmas. Happy about that. And now we got a cold mm. New Year's. P- pleased. I'm okay with that, you know? And... Ready for a new year of Marvel's stuff to do. <sighs> Lots yep. of stuff to do. Some, hopefully some good stuff. Well, you know, if this is any indication, you know, we're we're not into any new stuff for 2018. I mean, we're recording in 2018 right now about something from 2017. So next time we meet, mm-hmm. it'll be the first Marvel thing for 2018. Which will be episode nine of Runaways. Distinct honor that episode nine gets. Indeed. The first yeah. one of 2018. Me and my wife, we rang in the new year this year by watching Runaways episode eight. <laughs> nice. This episode. <laughs> and so let me ask you, uh, was it good? A good way to ring in the new year? I guess. We had just returned from a 12-hour car trip. <laughs> Uh, traveling back from to our house from Virginia where my parents are so we were pretty tired and we put the baby down and then there was just the runaways to watch so we did that we actually had to pause it uh, 10 minutes before the end of the episode so we could flip it over to the the ball dropping in New York like we we flipped it over to the channel and it was 50 seconds to go uh, till the new year so nice. <laughs> it was good took a little took a little break Rang in the new year, finished the episode. Excellent. I did not do that. Yes. I watched this. <laughs> uh, I can't even remember when I watched it. I just had I just had to find time. There's just so much family stuff going on for the last couple of weeks, you know? Finding time to do podcast stuff yep. is hard. It's hard when you've got family coming in, when you're visiting family. Family's very important. And I think this this episode It is. This episode proves it. That the family is important. Um, unfortunately, sometimes family can also be difficult to be with, and that is something else this episode shows us, um, in a very exaggerated and hopefully not realistic way for anyone. Mm. Yes, (laughs) indeed. Hey, before we talk about this episode, Tsunami, uh, 
our post credit for this episode, when we uh, after the credits, we're going to be talking about just quickly and briefly about some new stuff that we're doing, some important announcements about some welcome to level seven news. And yeah, so if you are interested in welcome to level seven as an entity, then please uh, go ahead and stick around till after the the credits, and we'll, we're, we have a couple things to announce. So that's that's just a look ahead into the future. And yeah, so now let's talk about Tsunami. Let's see. We can talk about... Okay. There, there's basically three, three plot lines that kind of flow through this whole thing. One is the parents' plot line, which is... Uh, it's, it's... I enjoyed it. I, I enjoyed the parents' plot line. There was also Molly's plot line. And Molly's plot line, I also enjoy. Uh, uh, <laughs> still not a fan of Molly. Oh my gosh, Ben, <laughs> she is just my least favorite character, and I exclaimed that aloud as she was doing things in this episode. I can't take it. It's important stuff, though. I think it's going to be important <sighs> stuff. It, yeah. I just like all her decisions. I'm like you are. Like if you were a person in real life, I could not deal. I would be gone. <laughs> Okay. All right. Sorry. I couldn't <laughs> deal with it. And then there's Alex and Nico and, and Amy. And so basically um, the investigation by the teens into the mysterious events around Amy's death, Nico's sister's death. So, well, you, then there's, go ahead. Then there's Gert and friends. Yeah. That's kind of that. Then there's Gert and friends. Yeah. Uh, that's kind of with Alex. Let me see. Did I separate that in my notes? I actually did notes on paper because I wasn't, Oh no, that is a separate thing. Yeah, we can talk about Gert later. Okay. Yeah, I mean, because <laughs> yeah. I mean, it's kind of tied in with the parents, with because it's her and, and and Rainbow Bright and, and Chase and Fistigons. Yeah. Yes. Yeah. Well, I don't know. Let's just names. go ahead. Let's just go through all the. <laughs> let's go through all of the the parent <laughs> stuff here. Uh, again, like I said, my my notes are on paper this time around because. Um, I had some situations happening with my uh, with my computer, and it was a big messy mess mess. But it's done. Computer's fine. Um, looked up how to fix it, and it halfway took care of it. And then turned the computer on the next day, and the computer just fixed itself. So that's good. So um, nice. Victor was shot through the heart. <laughs> shot through the heart, <laughs> and you're to blame. Yeah. <laughs> yep. Yeah, well, you know who's who's oh, to blame is is Janet. Um, but it's, I, I think it's Victor who gave Love a bad name here. Uh, yes. So yes. Victor's laying there; he's bleeding out. Tina and Robert come, and they talk about how the only thing that matters is is Victor. And so they sent just this whole thing. Now Jeffrey and Catherine arrive, and this is a big deal. All the adults are getting all excited and scared, and uh, then. Dale and Stacy aren't there yet. We find out why they aren't there yet, but Dale and Stacy arrive and are expected to take care of Victor. Why? Because they went to med school in the nineties. They aren't medical doctors, but they yeah, right. at least kind of know what's going on. You know, on. we're not doctors. <laughs> so Stacy kind of takes control though. And, and, uh, Stacy takes control. She kind of knows, okay, we can kind of do some triage stuff here. Uh, but Leslie was not invited. Why? Because she's too close to Jonah. Mm. So this is this whole situation. They had a text, and the text was tsunami. 
one word text. And the last time that happened, according to Jeffrey and Catherine, was when Molly's parents were in pieces, I think is the way he puts it. So. Oh, really? Yeah, it was something like that. But um, last time they got that text, that one word text was Molly's parents, that whole situation. Um, The dynamics here are interesting uh, as everyone's just kind of fighting with each other. And yeah, (laughs) so Leslie shows up. Leslie's plan. She's not going to call Jonah. Who are you going to call? Frank. (laughs) Yes. Well, okay. Do we do we talk about how Leslie shows up yet? Yeah, this is what I'm just saying right here. Is it, Leslie? Yeah, talk about Leslie. What what happened? She shows up. She says oh, she's gonna well, call Frank, but she's she figures it out because she did some soap opera door listening. Yes, <laughs> yes, indeed. And then Frank shows up, and he's got the heel gloves, the healing, the gloves of healing. Yeah. Well, I was trying to figure out why is she calling him. I forgot all about that. And then when he like gets them out to use oh, really? it, yeah, he, he gets them out to use them and I'm like, Oh yeah, totally makes sense that she would call this guy. Cause he could mm-hmm. heal him. But except not, no, <laughs> <laughs> he kills Victor dies. He's dead on the table. Indeed. Uh, so you gotta wonder how do those gloves really work? I'm, and apparently Frank and Leslie do not know how they work. Because... No, not apparently. Clearly, like this is. Yeah. <laughs> they, they at least don't know where the power comes from. I, I don't know, man. I, I think it's funny, but at the same time, a guy just died, and he. This is messy and scary. And then who arrives? Jonah. He just drives in. Yeah. Just, just because Tina texted him yeah. and Tina's all, what else are we going to do? You know, he's <laughs> teacher's pet. Totally. Totally. Uh, so Jonah, he says, well, we're going to revive him the way I get revived. And so what do they need in order to do that? A sacrifice. Pods. Yeah, well, they need the pods, oh. but they yeah. also need a sacrifice. Pod. Yes. <laughs> So this sets up just an amazing, amazing scene for me. Um, I mean, first of all, who who is going to be the sacrifice? The one who's responsible. So he is going to put in Chase's mom, Janet, uh, Victor's Victor's wife. And so <laughs> Chase and Frank, um, they're, they're fighting over Chase actually just getting in to see what's going on. And, and Carolina comes and, and she's like, dad, you know, it's great. So Frank's out of there. He has no idea what's happening. So this, we're back to pride only because mm-hmm. Frank is out, out of the room. Um, so here's what we get. Janet starts like, and they call it out. She starts that, that, uh, that last chance survivor speech, you know, where she's yeah, like trying to yeah. convince them not to vote her off the Island, the Island being earth and voting off being your dad. but yeah (laughs) but jonah's like you know this team can survive without you and you you, this is like (laughs) one of the most messed up conversations i've ever seen i i love it i mean i love it not because of what's actually going on i mean if this was happening in real life yeah there's a lot of bad stuff happening here but just showing these people who they're just they're fighting for survival by throwing each other under the bus right but but here's the thing jonah says i like oh go ahead 
I love it how because it's all verbal. Like this is a life and death thing, but we're just gonna debate like people on a playground over you know which which team are we gonna pick for dodgeball, and like, yeah. and you know it, it gets elevated a little bit, but that's basically what's going on. Yeah, I mean Dale picks up a gun, and another great moment in this whole thing is uh, Dale picks up a gun. And he's like, um, my girls are in trouble because Jonah said if you don't if you don't revive him, you will all die. And so will your children. And I was like, whoa, 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 we don't need to go there. And so Dale picks up a gun and he's using it to say, Hey, my girls are on are threatened. That's where I draw the line. And so Jeffrey puts his gun to Dale's head and Dale's like, Oh, you got drop on me. Like, yeah. Okay. Oh, I, I have a gun to my head, but I'm still going to use, you know, gangster movie, dialogue to describe what's going on yeah <laughs> he says drop it drop it and he drops it like he actually yeah. does just drop it on the ground it goes off shoots out a window and jeffrey's all, who does that like yeah and i'm just thinking to myself i might like if if i had someone yeah, exactly if i was in that situation someone put a gun to my head and told me drop it i i don't think well, i'd be thinking through okay I need when he says drop it, he means slowly lower it to the floor. Uh, well, I take him at his word. And Dale I, has, I, yeah, I mean Dale and and we, I assume, have very limited street smarts for this sort of scenario, right? So, and the other guy, he's he's very well versed in like the gangster lifestyle. So, well, at least the know, criminal it's lifestyle. It's just totally yeah. too. Yeah, right. <laughs> so, I mean. They they both think they they know what they're talking about, but they <laughs> yeah yeah. So <laughs> here's part of this conversation is figuring out who doesn't bring any value to the table, and yeah, and basically it comes down to for Jonah, Victor's the only one necessary. Like of that whole entire group, Victor is the only one who is absolutely necessary to his plan. He's the only one, because he's got the brain. Right, right. Now, what's interesting, I'm not going to give any spoilers for the Runaways comic, but it does feel like they're kind of referencing some of the the dynamic of why those people who are in Pride in the Runaways comic are coming together. And it does have to do with preserving family. And hmm. it's, it's an interesting scenario that gets brought into the comic. Uh, it's not quite the same. But as soon as Jonah said, if you don't revive him then you all will die and so will your children. And so I'm curious, like what, what is he talking about, especially in context with the comic at the same time, this is totally going in a different direction than, than the comic. I, I don't feel like knowing the comic automatically allows you to figure out where they're going with the show. They're definitely referencing it. And it definitely has the vibe and the feel of some of the stuff with the comic, but it's, it's not the comic, mm. but that, that was cool. interesting. Um, <laughs> Okay, so the argument is finished, and here's the choice. It's either Janet or it's Chase. Jonah decides. He says, here's the deal. It's Janet or Chase. You decide. Janet says she'll do it. She's going to do it. And then (laughs) um, they turn around, and there's Robert. He gets a moment with Janet and convinces Janet to go and say goodbye to chase. And he uses that time to strip down to his shorts and put on his fistigon 
because he's going to get in the box. And as he's getting ready to get in the box, Tina destroys the box with her magic wand. The staff of Indeed. one. So here's another, like, I did not expect that to happen at all. Like, yeah, yeah. The, the Robert getting in thing, you could kind of, they telegraph it a little bit, but it's like right mm-hmm. as it's happening. So you, just as it's happening, you're kind of figuring out that it's going to happen. Uh, but Tina destroying the box completely. Stop in gone uh yep. and then jonah points out the only person who could act i think it was jonah who pointed out one of them points out the only person who could actually create or fix a new one in order to revive victor is victor so, right i don't know you, you, well the whole teacher's pet thing I, I i think she burned her credibility there yeah well and it's interesting because after she does that jonah's like all right, you know, this isn't ideal, but, you know, we're all good. Okay, everybody, like, kiss and make up. It'll be fine. You know, there's other things we could do. Well, Leslie's about to fight Tina. So. <laughs> that, that, I mean, right. Leslie and Tina. Takes uh, off her earrings. <laughs> Leslie takes off her earrings as she steps toward Tina. Jonah gets in between it, and he is very intrigued with the possibility of them fighting each other. But um, he, I think the whole fine thing is him kind of reassuring Leslie, he's fine. He doesn't need any more sacrifices for himself. He's fine. Now, the problem is Victor is not fine, but Victor is in one box and or one pod or whatever. uh, And that basically they put him in stasis. They, Mm. they, they get him in stasis. Yeah. So that's, that's the, that's the parent stuff that's going on. And I, I mean, we're, I, I'm actually laughing a little bit more thinking about it than I was actually watching it because when I was watching it, I was just like, where is this going? What, what yeah. is happening here? And I'm expecting this whole show to basically be the teens versus the parents and the parents have it going on and, and know what's going on. But the parents are not, they don't have it all together. Not right. Not the way that I was expecting them to anyway. Yeah, their their villain is Dr. Doom. So I'm I'm intrigued. I'm intrigued. I'm interested to see where they're going to go with this, because are they. I'm wondering, are they trying to. uh, Redeem the parents in some way without them having to go to jail for murdering dozens of people. Well, you mean is the show Sorry, trying to redeem them, or are the parents do. trying to redeem themselves? Is that which one are you? Is the show going to redeem them? The show? Um, I don't know if it, I don't think the show can. I mean, the whole thing because when yep, Alex is watching, either. Alex watches the whole thing with the video that we'll talk about in a little bit here. But he says his, the parents looked like they weren't really into it and weren't happy about it, but they were absolutely party to it. And mm. yeah, I think you would agree with me that. If you are, even if you're not actually doing the thing, but if you're a part of the thing for like 18 years, you're, you're a part of the thing. Yeah. I mean, I would agree. So then I think we missed a detail. What's that? In our adults recap. And that is Frank. They ask, is Frank back in? 
Oh yeah, that is a really interesting just line, just one line. Mm-hmm. <laughs> so apparently he was a part of Pride at one point, and now he's got his mind wiped. Yeah, well, and that That's was what one I'm of, picking up. That was one of Dale's big deals was when they say, you know, who what do, what do you bring to the table? And he's like, I created this thing that wipes people's minds and you guys have used it. And apparently, you know, you've benefited from the thing that I created. Um, but here but we I, created me and my wife together. Right. It's right. Cause me. it's Stacy. Me too. Me too. Yes. Yes. You, you too. <laughs> <laughs> Cause that's a whole, just the whole back and forth there and the whole tone of the room and Dale and Stacy just talking nervously almost. And then you have uh, Janet, you know, just talking because she's desperate. And then you have, um, you know, Jeffrey just kind of waiting for his moment and letting the gun speak for him. <laughs> um, yeah, it, that whole back and forth and everything that that's one of the best exchanges I've ever seen the, as far as like this, this show goes. And the other interesting thing is it's a very different kind of villain that we have with, with all of these moms and dads. Yes. And, and the, the relationship between them all, it's unique and interesting. I I enjoy it. (laughs) Yep. Me too. But yes, uh, I thought the, the memory wipe for Frank was just him seeing Jonah. And of course, you know, the context of him seeing Jonah is him seeing Jonah with his wife, um, with Mm. Frank seeing Jonah with Frank's wife, but apparently it's more. Guess so. I mean, I mean, based on that line, that's what I'm assuming. We'll find out. But that was really interesting. You're right. You're right. <laughs> All right. Hey. So uh, let's move to M- Molly then. All right. Let's oh, just, uh, no, we're, we're getting. Okay. I'm getting her out of the way for you, Evan. Let's let's just okay. get her out of the way. So Dale and Stacy drop let's, off Molly. Let's do that. Yeah. Dale and Stacy drop off Molly, and. They, um, as Molly and her cousin or second cousin or whatever, they're, they're getting along. They actually, she's a nice lady that Molly's been left with, but Molly is with this woman to protect her from the pride because she knows about what's going on with the pride and, or at least knows, has seen stuff and the pride knows that she's seen stuff, but there's a, a note addressed to Molly from her parents and her parents says, one day you might come for it. They told the cousin that. And the note says, find Eliana. And there's also this um, key for like a, a bus station locker or a train station locker. Eliana is the elephant that she lost. And they found that elephant because they went back to the train station in their car and uh, to the previous station and, and got it. So... Molly does not need to find Eliana because she never lost Eliana since then, but she pretends to go to bed and we finally have a little bit of a runaway situation, right? Indeed. She's running away kind of, and she goes to the train station and at the train station, she uses that key opens up a locker and I don't know how long ago they got that locker, but that locker, apparently they just let that, that key ride. And she takes yep. out, <laughs> don't they, wouldn't you think after a year or two, 
um, the the train station would like look into this. Maybe they don't. Yeah. Maybe they don't notice it. I mean, it, it's possible. I don't know. Anyway, inside the locker is something that Molly does not even know what it is. It is completely foreign to her. It's a VHS tape. Yeah. <laughs> so. Uh, what, what, what did Molly do I this episode? I, I mean, I, I'm with you on. She made some bad decisions before. I don't hate her for them. She is the youngest of the group. But in this episode, she's actually being proactive and. You know, looking into things, investigating. Yeah, it's just her, her character and her attitude and what. And it, it was the scene I think where where the parents are dropping, dropping her off, and you know her parents are doing this for her own good, so she doesn't die because of her own horrible decisions, and she just can't grasp it, and she's too emotional and being incredibly disrespectful and horrible to her parents, and and. So I was just like, man, she's my least favorite character. And I think one of the reasons is because she reminds me maybe a little bit of me when I was a teenager. And I, <laughs> I was a gigantic idiot. And I regret most of my decisions from that time in my life. And I constantly tell myself, you know, or I imagine and tell other people, if I could go back in time, there would be a lot of Evan punching Evan in the face. Uh, older Evan punching younger Evan in the face. So, okay. If I could go back in time, um, I guess the first thing I would do is to stop you from physically assaulting yourself because there are better ways. Maybe smacking. I'm still, <laughs> there are better ways is all I'm saying. Uh, um, yeah. Yeah. Younger yeah. Evan, past Evan deserves some, deserves <laughs> some punches in the face at certain points. But, uh, yeah. So maybe that's one of the reasons, but like, it's her it's her attitude and the things that are coming out of her mouth and the way she handles situations. That's I'm just like if she was a person in real life, I couldn't deal. I would have to have somebody else intermediate if I was gonna communicate with her with her <laughs> because she's just driving me nuts. <laughs> I, I think if she was a real person, you'd be a lot more forgiving. I, I really do. But I I understand what you're saying. Do you? Because because if she is part of our secret friend group and we're trying to take down this group of murderers and she's doing what she's doing in the past couple episodes i'd be so ticked now if it's the situation where she's just being disrespectful to her parents unrelated to all that other stuff sure i'd be a lot more forgiving because she's an emotional young teenager but <laughs> okay this is coupled with my previous dislike of the character Anyway, this is two different conversations, real life stuff and the TV show stuff. Anyway, I right. Well, <laughs> okay, TV show stuff. She's driving you nuts. Yeah. And, <laughs> yes. Uh, for me, the whole subplot is, ooh, what's going on here? What's <laughs> What is this? Okay, this is interesting. A VHS tape. Yes, this is very interesting. So then I saw a, I saw a funny meme the other day that I I think I shared on the Strangers and Aliens page. <laughs> it's uh it was like when a kid asks me what a VHS tape is, and then the next panel is Elrond from Lord of the Rings, and he's saying, I was there yeah. 3,000 years ago. <laughs> so it was, it's kind of like that. <laughs> yeah. Yeah, I, I do think it's funny because, yeah, we are, at a, we are in a situation now where, you know, 10 years ago, kids would have at least seen them. 
and at least right. had an awareness of them because maybe they're still being used in school or something like that. But we're, we are in a situation now where, yeah, them's, them's is old. CDs are still around and therefore records kids, I think can still figure out that records do what they do, but VHS tapes are very foreign. Well, and vinyls coming back too for the records. Um, they, they sell that's, those in like Barnes and Noble and stuff. Yeah, that's true. But VHS, yeah. Yeah. <laughs> but they did do the Strangers... The sad uh, the, the Stranger Things uh, DVD release. <gasps> yes. That looks like a VHS release. Which is really cool. And didn't it? Totally impractical. Because there's like no extras on there at all. It's just the episodes. So if you don't have Netflix and want to watch Stranger Things, you can get that cool box. I don't know if it costs extra or what, but... If you have Netflix. Wait, so they actually released it on VHS? No, no. It's released on DVD, but it looks like a VHS box. Gotcha. Yeah. I know they were. Did they release Guardians of the Galaxy on VHS? Or was that just the the soundtrack on cassette? I am not sure. I don't think they actually released it on VHS. But they did do commercials that made okay, it look maybe like I, the... The VHS style. I, th- I think I saw some like fan art, like some really good fan art that somebody did where he like took a bunch of famous movies, the modern movies and, and redesigned the covers as if they were released on VHS in the nineties. Yeah. Yeah. Maybe that was it. Anyway, this is a podcast, not about VHS tapes. Well, it is now about- because she brought out a VHS <laughs> tape and she's like, what is this? <laughs> I, I'm I'm curious though. They got me. I want to see what is on that tape. What is on that tape? Yes, me too. We will find out soon enough. I'm hoping next episode. We'll see. We only have two episodes after this. That is wild. I know they got to wrap up a lot of stuff, but I think I think they can do it. I think it's going to be good. I think they can do it. I think it's going to be good too. I think that they are going to be setting up a lot of stuff as well for a second season. And I just, I have no idea if it's doing well enough to merit a second season in, in Hulu's eyes, but I hope they do. Oh man, me too. Cause this is really good. Yeah, this is really good. So speaking of recordings, more modern recordings, Alex has the recording. uh, He has a recording of Amy before she died. So Nico is upset because of the whole password thing. And Alex says, fine, I'll tell you. I'll tell you everything. And I'll start at the beginning. Uh, Alex has recording that Amy of Amy before she died, and he plays it for Nico. And she's upset because he had hid this. But we they actually, she... We, we go into flashback. And... Remember you were talking about how they are promoting Battlefront all over the place? Like, yes, this is Name absolutely. <laughs> they are playing Battlefront at the cafe together and her laptop is slow. So he looks into it and her laptop was hacked. And actually someone had placed a key log on it, which means all of the keystrokes that she's putting in are being recorded. And so she drops her mug and she is scared because the she knows who hacked her and the person who hacked her was her mom uh 
Now, some of the stuff we get some flashbacks are things that we probably shouldn't know from Alex's point of view, but that's the one bad thing about the way they're doing flashbacks here is Alex is kind of narrating this at first, but then we move into stuff that he can't know about. Like Amy is actually spending some time talking to the cool guy guard that we met in the episode when they were stealing the stuff. Uh, This is the guard who was playing star Wars with Gert and the the neck tattoos Mm -hmm. and whatnot. And so he, well, isn't this the same guy also that the Tina was talking to in her office in that one episode where she like took care of somebody? Uh, I think so. I mean, okay. Yeah. So anyway, he's telling her, you need to just turn yourself in and she is scared and, and she doesn't want to turn herself in. And we come back from that flashback and Nico has realized that her mom knew that her sister had hacked in and, and she's also mad because Alex knew about this stuff. Alex knows mom's password for her door because Amy had told Alex about mom's password from her computer. And so, and, and I understand, I mean, adults don't always change our passwords ever very often and, and we need to, but when you get hacked and someone's figured out your password, that's when you change your password. At least that's, that's the way I would do it. <laughs> anyway. Um, so the other thing that happens is as Nico leaves Alex angry to go and look for Amy's stuff because Amy was planning to be a runaway. She wouldn't have committed suicide to get away, but it would make sense for her to run away. So Nico goes and looks through mm-hmm. Amy's room, finds a packed bag. So there's our two runaways. We have Molly kind of being a runaway. Although maybe she'll go back to her cousin's house. And we have uh, Amy trying to run away. And Nico finds Amy's phone and plugs it in uh, because there's there's going to be stuff there. there there's going to be some of the stuff that she found. There's got to be. Meanwhile, Alex has decrypted the video. And so when Alex and Nico come back together, Nico is happy that she found the phone, but still mad at Alex and Alex talks about the video and says it's the worst thing he's ever seen. And they all start different and they end the same. The others come. And this is when it gets bad. We'll get back to why it gets bad for them in a moment. But um, what do you think about the Alex Nico dynamic here? I mean, it's are, uh, are you mad at them because been. of past Evan? Did you ever no, no, do this to a girl? Uh, that's a good question. I think long and hard about that. <laughs> to be clear, when I talk about punching people, I only feel comfortable punching myself via the use of a time machine. Okay. So, so you're not even saying at, you do self harm now. You, you wouldn't punch yourself now. You're saying if you had a time machine, that's the only the only context where you would actually punch someone. Probably well out of anger where yes, they haven't done unless, anything to you first. Right. <laughs> if I yeah, if I'm not defending myself, probably uh-huh. yes. So okay. if I yeah. Yeah. Anyway. So there would be no punching of any of these characters just past Evan. Anyway. Um yeah, I mean it's it's interesting. It's 
I mean, Nico, I, I had mixed feelings about their interaction because I feel because she does have a right to be mad at Alex because I mean, this is something that has just torn her apart and Alex has had answers to share, but then also feeling for him because he made a promise not to say anything or whatever. And he was best, best friends with Amy, I guess. So, so well, and he was also worried place. about losing her, losing Nico. True. Mm-hmm. I mean, if Nico knew about this, could could he lose lose her as well? And yes, that's and that was a good statement that he made. Yeah. In yeah. that in that argument, I mean, that's the, probably the best thing you could have said to kind of defuse that bomb that was building. It, so it's an understandable fear. It's maybe not the greatest uh, solution, but at the same time, it's an understandable fear. So. Yeah, and it was a sweet thing to say. Yes, also. yes, assuming it's true. <laughs> yeah, I think it is. Well, I, I hope it is, but if it's not, I mean, it's he's planner, you know, and that's yeah. Oh, I think I think his affection for her is genuine, and so, vice versa. Yeah. Well, let's let's talk about Chase now. We got Chase in a bunch of relationships. Okay. First, we have Chase and his mom. And they drink together. <laughs> and yeah. Mom, come on. Come on, mom. Well, I was thinking this is interesting. This is interesting because he seems like he's very comfortable. Like if I was if I was his mom, I'd be thinking, You've done this before, haven't you? <laughs> yeah, yeah. And the answer to that would be yes. <laughs> yeah. Absolutely, yeah. Uh, his relationship with her is interesting as they're talking about, like, what if dad doesn't make it? Uh, he asks yeah. his mom, he says, what if dad doesn't make it? And mom's answer is, what if he does? Yeah. like, But he brings up a good point about how it is, like, the level of crazy and abusive he was at that point is because of it's some external thing that's causing it. And I was thinking this will come up later in the episode because Dale is coming and he had similar effects, but he has a less extreme personality. So I thought he would talk about it and kind of explain that away, but they never, never that never came up. I, I wonder if that's part of it or is this chase making excuses because he finally kind of had a semblance of a decent relationship with his dad and then it goes away. And, oh, I, and becomes even worse. I think that was the whole. I think that was the whole point of the last episode. Was ex, that's the whole reason that Dale went through what he went through with getting dosed with uh, Jonah's stuff. Is he got on the super high, and then he had the super low. And we realized then that uh, what's his name Brainiac from Smallville, Victor is yeah Victor Chase's dad is. Yes, Chase's dad, sorry. <laughs> he is going through the same thing. He's having a super high, he's become a great husband and father. And then once we realize that Dale is taking a super dip, we're like, uh-oh. Victor's going to have a super dip, and what is his super dip going to look like? Yeah. So I think that's what I got out of that whole last episode. That's the whole point of of showing Dale's thing with the, the, with the drugs. The other interesting thing with last episode is now we're seeing kind of the, the after effects of, of what happened last episode. Last episode, we had a warning from the future chase telling his dad, don't pick up the fisty gun. 
mm. dad, don't fi- don't pick it up. And he does. And, and in time travel stories, a lot of times you have that vital moment, that important moment where if this doesn't happen, this bad thing won't happen later on. So we have to go back in time and change that one thing. And that, that seems to be that, that kind of moment, that, that fulcrum moment where things go from bad to worse because of this whole situation here. And it's true. If his dad had not picked up the fistion, used it on chase, his dad would not have been shot. And if his dad had not done that, Jonah would not be in the situation he's in. And so how much of what's happened in this in that in last episode in this episode are actually setting up that other future we've seen of the city falling and Hmm. and how does that all fit in together and because that's the one thing we have to not forget now we are in a time travel story or at least a a story that involves timey-wimey messages from the future cassandra style warnings from the future that don't get heated um yeah, and which the Cassandra syndrome is when you know a prophecy, but your Cassandra was a person from mythology who knew the future, but was doomed to never have anyone believe her that that mm. that was going to happen, and so she could see the future and couldn't warn anyone about it because no one would believe her. Mm. So. That's rough. It 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 is it is. So Chase calls Gert, and it tries to get a hold of Gert, but Gert is in basement Jurassic Park. And so yep. she just misses the call. Hanging out with Rappy. Yeah. Yeah. Who hasn't been named yet. Uh, I'll, I'll throw this out. Do you know their names in the comic? Do you remember that, Evan? The dinosaur's name? Yeah. The di- No, I don't. Yeah, um, Gert names herself in the dinosaur. Gives them a partner name, partnership name. She calls herself Arsenic. Oh, and yes. Calls, yes. Calls the dinosaur Old Lace. So it's Arsenic and yes, Old Lace. I remember that. So I keep waiting for, are, are they going to go there? I don't think they're going to go there, but it's it's cute in the comic. But anyway, so because Gert's in the basement, she's not answering her phone, but she's not planning on sleeping alone tonight. So she's going to bring the Raptor up. I'm thinking, okay, so she'll stay there and just sleep downstairs in, in basement Jurassic Park. No, she's bringing the dinosaur upstairs, um, <laughs> which is good because I think we're setting up a situation where the dinosaur is going to be with her as they finally maybe run away. But uh, he calls then Carolina and asked her to come over. And then it's like, no, don't come over. Um, but that's when uh, Leslie does the uh, the soap opera door listen. And, and here's Carolina yes. call Nico and <laughs> calls uh, Nico and leaves a message about Chase and that something happened to his dad. And that's why Leslie shows up. Um to call Frank. She shows up with the whole situation because she heard this because no one was going to tell her. So Gert and Dino are together and Carolina calls Gert to invite Gert to come with her to see chase because she doesn't want to be alone with chase. And Gert is more than happy to do this once she realizes that, that, uh, that, Carolina is not interested in Chase. She's like, yeah, I'll come with you because Gert still is interested in Chase. And then Gert realizes Chase called her first. That's right. And Gert analyzed all of Carolina's relationship problems over the phone in, in, in 20 seconds. Two seconds. Yeah. 
Yeah. <laughs> some of it, I think, was from wishful thinking, but I think some of it was from realization that wishful thinking was true. And that Carolina is... Yeah, I'm, I'm not saying it was... I'm not saying it was unrealistic. I'm, yeah. I'm saying that's pretty... Yeah. She's pretty in tune with what's going on here. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. So they go to Chase's place, and that's when Jonah arrives, and they see Jonah arrive. And then they go and break in. Uh, the dinosaur follows them as they break in. But um, they go and break in, and they're able to because Gert used to go to uh to chase's place to look through chase's father's telescope and so now we're getting some background information about gert and chase as well they they had a relationship um mm-hmm. a, a, a good friendship in, in like middle school so yep. back back to chase that's where chase and frank um frank is fighting with chase about you know you're not going to come in and carolina interrupts them because she's there and like she realizes pride is all there. They know pride is all bad. Um, they confront Frank about this. He's like, well, you know, uh, whatever. And she's like, dad, you're the only one who was good. You're the only one who was good. And that's, that's a sad moment there when the one good person that she has still has in her life. He wasn't part of the pride. And now he's here. And all the pride is there. Yes. And now I'm going to tell him all the secret things. Do you think he's going to be a help or a hindrance at this point? Totally a hindrance. There's no way he's going to help. I mean, he might try to help, but he's just going to ruin everything. (laughs) I think we've established with this. Is Frank going to be your new Molly? Is that? (laughs) No, because Frank, I don't know. Frank, I just feel he is everything he's done. I mean, he's just a really, really tragic character because everything he's done or has happened to him is just really sad. And he just can't do anything right. And it's just he's dead. There's no way he lives through this series. There's no way he's going to die in this next episode or the finale. Probably the next episode, if I if I had to guess. OK, did you um, were you expecting him to die in this episode, though? Because why in the world did uh, he they was, not put Frank in the machine? I don't know. Well, no, because no, that's that's a good question. But I think it's because Jonah needs him. He has to be the fall guy for the church. That's right. You're right. Yes. Yeah. Yep. So. Yeah, because as far as pride is concerned, die. yeah, <laughs> as far as the pride is concerned, he would have been. He would have been the, the best and right solution. Correct. But then that did get kind of pushed off to the side. I'm like, why did that? Okay. Yeah, you're right. You're right. Uh, let's see. So, but yeah. Okay. So from here, they then, Oh, go ahead. I was just gonna say, then the mom goes upstairs and they have another talk with, with chase. Yeah. Right. Yeah, they do. And it, again, the, the whole thing with parents, talking with each other in this situation is it's all cross purposes. Everyone has secrets as they're trying to talk to each other. And on the, on the other hand, you have them, especially the kids, they're just trying to hold on to whatever they can and uh, of a normal life. And it's just, it's just slipping through their fingers, which is why, 
uh, when the whole group comes together to talk about these videos, um, they're ready to take it to the police and not everyone wants to take it to the police. And part of it is for chase. Then dad's going to die. There's stuff we don't understand. There's a fight and the laptop gets completely destroyed, completely destroyed. And so I, I don't know, is the evidence gone? Did they not save this somewhere? But I don't know. Cause if you have that stuff and you've, not already uploaded it to the cloud what are you thinking alex like you've had the stuff in your computer decrypted for at least an hour make copies man well yeah i mean why do we what why do we have to get the whole team together to send it to the police you already talked about it beforehand just send it and then update everybody yeah well i don't know it, it didn't happen and no it did not We'll see what happens next, but Alex has seen them kill 17 people now. He he watched the footage and yeah, the one good thing and it slightly redeems the parents a little bit is they weren't into it. They were there. Yeah. They did it, but they weren't happy about it. So I think the big thing that's going to happen, and this is what happened in the comics, was there was a motivation behind why the parents did what they did beyond just being evil, mean villains. They were in the comic. They were evil, mean villains, but that's one of the things I'm waiting for. What is the motivation of the parents to actually do this? And whether or not it redeems them, I I don't think it will, (laughs) but we'll find out. We'll find out. I think we'll find out before the next episode or before the last episode. I think we're going to have most of our answers before the last episode and we're going to have our kids on the run. And, but I don't know where they'll and go. Cloak and there. dagger will show up. No, the, I, I, I actually read an interview where they <laughs> talked about how at least not right away because they want the shows to kind of stand on their own before they start getting into the, you know, crossing over and stuff. I would love it though. I would love it. Yeah. If, if cloak and dagger could somehow do a, a crossover, but yeah, we'll just have to wait and see. We'll have to wait and see what else. What, what do you think that, where do you think they're going to go with this? This is what's fun about the show for me is I don't know where they're going. So I'm anticipating things, but the other thing that's happening is when I'm not right, I'm still enjoying what they're doing with it and, right. and the right. stuff that they're doing, even though it's not what I would have done. I'm really enjoying where they're going with it because they're taking it to some really good places. So where, where do you think they might go with this? They may go here and I'm not totally sold on this idea. Uh, but I think they may take chase and make him evil or join the parents side and become a member of pride. Mm. And now I assume that would go against the comics. I haven't read the whole first arc, and I don't know how I would feel about that, but I feel like there's some possibility for that to happen. Um, like I said, I think Frank's, he's dead. No way he lives through the season. Um, no way. I don't know what they're going to do with Mal in the videotape. Um, oh, yes. And we need to talk about that final scene with Amy. Yep. That's the last thing here in my notes. Back to the flashback. She, the last thing she got, and they, they go to the phone 
as it charges up and you see the last text that she got. And it's, he found out, leave the house now. Okay. We don't know who it's from. We also don't know, don't know who he is. But then we go into flashback. Amy's got her phone and there's a dude standing in her doorway. Mm. He's in the house. He found out, leave the house now, too late. Because she can't leave through that door. Now, do you think that text was from Tattoo Man? I don't know. I, I really don't know. And because I thought I thought that the man in the door could be Tattoo Man. But then I was like, no, oh, but he, he seems friendly. But that would increase the irony or betrayal if it was Tattoo Man in the I, doorway. One way or another, I think Tattoo Man is involved here. I think he's either sending the text or he's standing in the doorway. Um, he found mm. out. That's the other thing I'm curious about. Who is he finding out? Wouldn't it be she found out? I would expect the text to be she found out. Like your mom found out. Leave the house now. No, it's he found out. So, I mean, I think it's, it could either be um, my my options, my three options are for who's in the doorway is tattoo man jonah or hive <laughs> i i think we can rule out hive um, <laughs> he's I mean, he's probably the least likely but he's still gonna be on my top three okay you, you can leave on your list i i'm i'm <laughs> I, I think you're right about the first two being possibilities though okay all right good <laughs> Glad we're on the same page <laughs> yeah <laughs> Um, and as far as the text though, the text could have to do with, um, I mean, that could be from her mom. Oh, you're right. Oh, I didn't even think about that. Like her, her mom has found out that she knows stuff and just like Dale and Stacy desperate to protect their own child with, with Molly, um, this could be a situation where Tina knows that Amy knows stuff and Tina mm. is trying to say he found out the person you found out about found out. And so, mm. you know, Tina is teacher's pet, but at the same time, Tina is also going to be mama bear. Yeah. I mean, she's proven that. I mean, she even I mean, what she did with, mm. with Robert. I mean, she, she went against uh, she went against Jonah by saving her husband who was going to sacrifice himself in the the pod thing. Um, yeah, so I, I, I really do believe that, that that could be mom sending the text or it could be Tattoo Man. So we will find out. Yeah, we'll find out soon enough. I think it's going to be one of those. We will Indeed. find out. Indeed. All right. Well, that's so what? I, to, I, I said what I was thinking for where they're going to go. Where do you think? Well, I've already said, I, I think that we're going to get our team on the run and, and they're, they're going to have to run because they don't have the evidence anymore, but the parents are going to find out that they know a lot. Mm. And so they're going to, that's where they go on the run. I just don't know how you carry on the conflict of children and, and parents. Um, it, it it doesn't seem as interesting to me if it's just the children running away, trying to stay one step ahead of their parents or one step ahead of the law. 
uh, because right now they've done a really interesting thing that I didn't think they would be doing at all. I thought they'd start off with the kids going on the run in the first episode. But by keeping them around, it's it's been very interesting and very compelling uh, storytelling to have them still in contact, yeah. in close contact with their parents. So we'll see. Yeah, I agree. We will see. So with that said, I do want to thank everyone for listening. And I want to thank you, Evan, for joining me once again to talk about Runaways. Yes, sir. And... Um, yeah, from here, after the, the credits, we have a, a quick announcement about some cool stuff that we're doing. So with all that said, it is time to say goodbye. And hey, you know, this episode had so many flashbacks, and it just sent me into a flashback, Evan. Uh, the flashback has sent me into, yeah. I mean, it, it's interesting because it kind of parallels uh, Carolina's relationship with with Jonah a, a little bit. Because I was just I just had flashbacks to how I met how I met Daniel. Back at the beginning of this podcast, uh, did I ever tell you uh, about how I met Daniel, Evan? Daniel Butcher, the, the original co-host? No, I don't yeah, think so. Yeah, yeah. Uh, <laughs> uh, I met him. Uh, it, it was really interesting. Uh, you know, normally I don't go to these kind of things, but uh, I, I met him, and that's the guy I met at the gala. Uh, friends with my mom, part of the church, and stares very intensely. Hey there, it's Ben here again. Uh, like I promised, to talk a little bit about a couple fun things that are coming up with Welcome to Level 7. And the first one is we are starting up a Patreon account. And that is something that has been around for a little bit. In fact, we already have four patrons uh, who have signed up for that. And that is awesome. Thank you very much. Uh, if you go to patreon.com slash welcome to level 7, you can find out what the... Tr- uh, face front true believers level is and what the welcome to level seven level is uh everything that we do on this website feed everything that we do for free is going to stay free our podcast will be free all the time but there will be some extras that will show up through the patreon patreon account that uh if you are a patron you will have access to. And so we're just doing some fun little things um, every month to say thank you for supporting us. But the Patreon account is set up for that reason, to support the podcast and to help uh, cover some of the costs that we have in creating the podcast. And so if you can and are, are willing, that is awesome. If you can't and, or are unwilling, uh, 
that's okay too, because I mean, we've done this for free for so long. It is going to stay free for you. And, uh, so that's at, uh, patreon.com slash welcome level seven. Speaking of free, we are starting a new podcast feed, and this will also be a free podcast feed. Uh, it is called welcome to the infinity initiative. And this is something that every week we are going to be taking a look at an at the uh, MCU movies. Uh, we're going to start with Iron Man and work our way all the way up to Black Panther, which then will take us to the week of release for Avengers, the Infinity War. And that's something we're going to be doing for fun to celebrate the 10th anniversary and that kind of thing of the MCU. Uh, that's something that will will give you more information about where to find that. But basically, when we start releasing them, they will be available on your regular podcast catchers is that the appropriate phrase uh itunes and and all those places everywhere where you would be listening to our podcast here you'll be able to find that there and it'll be a shorter podcast uh every week because it is more content that we're creating but at the same time it's fun content and it is uh, it's actually been a lot of fun to go back and rewatch those early movies that created the foundation for what is coming in 2018 so again, I want to say thank you for listening and uh, thank you for supporting us in the many different ways that you have supported us through um, just sending us emails or sending us Facebook uh, notes or through uh, through Patreon or you know through many, many other things, iTunes reviews or just plain listening to the show. So thank you. Thank you very much. And yeah. Episode eight of Runaways done. We've got two more episodes and we'll be talking about them. So come back here. Same bat time, same bat channel.